Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Heavy Debriefings Podcast. This is Josh Runquist here with you, back after a week that I was hoping to have not taken off, but, you know, here we are now, it's a brand new week. Why not just forget about the past when it comes to that and talk about what I got going on for the show this week. Being able to promote a, a, a great Australian death metal band known as Scaphis, whose brand new album, Dissected and Fermented, is available now through the band. I've gotten the chance to be able to talk to all the members of the band, although just a little funny side note that does go with it. One member of the band showed up about 10 minutes early and... I thought that was the only person I was supposed to talk to, and then all of a sudden, a few minutes in, everyone else started joining, and then I realized, hey, the whole band's gonna be involved with this, so might as well just start from that point. So everything that happened before everyone joined up was a complete wash, and you can kind of tell I'm a little bit frazzled in it, but that's okay. Also, on the show this week, I got plenty to talk about when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to movies, when it comes to games. Huge wrestling news. I mean, I haven't talked about wrestling on here for a while. I'm not sure if anyone else enjoys it who listens to this besides me, which is the main reason I haven't been talking about it. But there's been some news that I just gotta talk about and give my thoughts about. Some stuff that's been going on with my mental health, you know, doing my, doing my weekly mental health check. And of course, the soundtrack for this week's show. But let's get into that Scaphis interview. And again, their brand new album, Dissected and Fermented, is just a fantastic display of death metal. And they show off so many different sides, too. Sometimes it just gets so brutal. They have some heavy breakdowns, but they also get, like, super melodic at points. They, they go off and do some genre bending as well. Like, this is my kind of modern death metal. Like, if you're not doing the old-school death metal mentality, I want something that's gonna be something where you're not afraid to be able to show off who you are and be able to show off all these different sides. And I talk about that heavily in this interview. And you can see how much they appreciate it as well, too. But they don't lose touch of how heavy and brutal they are. But here you go. My talk with the entire band known as Scaphis. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, showing up for this. How gang. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, uh, like I was just saying to Ben before, I didn't realize that the whole band was going to be a part of this. So I, I, I just, uh, noticed everyone jumping on here. So, uh, I was just waiting for everybody, but, uh, thank you everybody for taking the time to do this. Of course. Uh, happy to be here. Well, awesome. Well, um, uh, like I was saying before, um, I, I have been, uh, checking out, uh, both albums and of course I've been checking out the new album in particular, and I just love everything that's going on uh, with this album. I really a dig what you're going for for your style with uh, being able to show off death metal but not being afraid of uh, showing off different layers to the band and different sides of what's going on I, it just has like a great original sound that I truly appreciate thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. really cool oh not a problem so um got a little bit into it before I let everybody in but um uh now that everybody's here I'd like to be able to hear that full experience I mean like uh, how did everything come together with this band and uh how did the evolution from where you started come to what is going on now uh band came together uh back in 2014 I think um 
with myself and another drummer at the time. Um, and we found through the metal community, found Spike and Ryan, starting another band at the time. Um, we really gelled well together and uh, through online again, we found Ben, who is an amazing guitarist. And we started writing our, yeah, our first album pretty quickly. Actually, we had a few songs already together and we got that first album out, which went quite well. But then it was a bit of a slow time for between album one and album two, bit um, because of COVID, uh, sort of slowing everything down. But uh, we found a, a new drummer, Lance, who works fantastic with us. Um, and yeah, it sort of helped grow our sound as well for how album two sounds like. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, I just, I love everything that's going on here from the production to the different styles that's being incorporated, the, the lyrical content, uh, everyone in the band is able to like uh, show off in great ways without it, it sounding wanky in any way. I mean, like it, it just like, it feels so natural, like, and everyone gets the shine on this album, which is a, a really great thing to see. That's really cool. It's um, I hadn't really thought about it in that way, but it's definitely like there's definitely bands that you listen to and you're like everyone. It's just everyone's turn to have a wank at some point. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's good that we don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes i totally understand that but uh, yeah i mean it's just like i i appreciate like how much effort really goes into putting on the full-on album as well too because i can hear it from start to finish and you know it's just like it sounds like the the track list really mattered putting the songs in the right order really mattered and you know it's just like it's a fun experience from start to finish and i just love hearing all the the peaks and valleys the ebb and flow of the entire album and just showcasing where you're at here in 2022 yeah we really um put a bit of focus on the track order how each one as you say sort of flows into the next one i believe this order was mainly worked out by lamp actually by memory thank you i think i sort of did by like a few things and then you guys were like no reverse that and that it was more of a um at the time it was more of a if we had to play this from start to finish what we could do live and not have one person be like doing the really really hard parts all in a row or something <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it's like it, it can be a challenge to make sure that the the album is right in the right sequence because if it, you know, it's like if it feels like it's out of order, then you know, it's just like you might not be able to enjoy it as much. But I really love what's going on with this. I mean, it's just it just feels right. Yeah, no thanks. It's uh, good to hear that it worked out well. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. So, you know, with that in mind, I mean, obviously with some changes happening in the band, COVID happening, I mean, there's a, a, a lot of things that have happened in between both albums. So what was it like when you first started writing for this album? Uh, this uh, was literally like over here in Australia, our first lockdown in the start of 2020. Um, we were sort of stuck to our homes pretty much and we couldn't really do too much. So yeah, we had um like a five kilometer radius pretty much. Yeah. Um, state government didn't let us do a lot of things so we had a lot of time like out, outside of work we didn't really have a lot of time to do much so yeah i guess josh had a lot of time to, to focus on writing it yeah a lot of motivation in that first lockdown to get the structures of the songs written and was able to send them off to everyone else so they'll be able to write their own parts or tweak their own parts and so the album came together at least the foundation of it pretty quickly and then we just had to sit on it for quite a while which was the frustrating part because we couldn't come 
come together to practice or record or do anything like that for mm. you know well over a year so with that in mind obviously with being able to have the songs and sitting on them for so long before you can get together like was there any major changes that happened to the songs once you finally got together or did they stay pretty much the way they were i think they yeah, had it was pretty sorted out really yeah mm. where the lyrics were changed a little bit after the solos got written because the solos got written quite like most of them got written in the recording room because ben's just That's a ben. legend like that <laughs> just like writes solos on the fly because skills um so there was a few little vocal parts that needed to change where they sat or just got removed but um other than that they kind of sort of stayed the same i think there's like little things like um taking out a bar or something there but that mostly happened when we were able to start rehearsing them together yeah i think the the biggest change from the original one was in let me out when we come back in and there's like that low sort of breakdown bit with the toms which um that was done in the studio wasn't it was that, that was yeah idea? that was that was chris's idea to do that bit break it up a bit more there were two oh. that sounded really similar at the start um and i don't even remember which two they were now because we we changed we something changed. minor that made a big difference we changed um a bit of uh flesh prison yeah it sounded yeah. like a broken yeah don't tell people that because now they're going to look for it <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if they could pick out what what used to sound like, I'll be impressed. <laughs> oh, and you know, I you know, I gotta imagine too. I mean, especially when you were sitting on the songs, it, it had to be such a great feeling just to get back and be able to practice together again. Let alone be able to work on the new material and see how tight it was going to get together with all of you together. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a it was a mixture of relief and overwhelming, I guess, because it's not like you're just coming in and uh, we've got a new song, so let's practice this new song. It's oh, we've got a new album let's practice the whole album yeah it was um it was definitely a slow start in in terms of getting back to playing together for sure um it's pretty awkward after some after some time of pretty much not playing much music with anyone or being able to for some time yeah. so yeah there's definitely that um because obviously we all had to sort of practice on our own and after a while you kind of lose motivation because you're kind of sitting there and going over it to the tracks and whatever so i think it was the first few run-throughs like they were definitely messy but we were just like yes like this is awesome we're all here all playing and like getting into it yeah i i love that and it's so it's so great to see that as well too i mean you know it's just like a you know with the music potentially being taken away from us in that live setting and being able to work together i mean it's so great to be able to work together with like being able to transfer files and be able to share ideas but when you're finally able to get back together again and you're able to be in the same room being able to work together for new material getting ready to hit the studio and make sure that the songs are as tight as they possibly can be and of course uh prepping for live shows again i mean it's 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 great to see that we're in that state right now where we can do that and the album has been released and you're we're able to at least move somewhat forward it feels really surreal that it's like actually here because we worked on it it's been more than two years so it's really bizarre that it's actually out now and like we're playing the album launch tonight and it feels really bizarre yeah, Josh really cool. has even um, started sending us some new riffs, so I think <laughs> he's keen for the next one to start. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say, you know, especially with knowing how long you've been sitting on the album, I got to imagine that the creative juices were flowing and some new ideas had to been rattling around at some point. Uh, yes yeah. and no. I was, I've got several little ideas here and there, but I haven't had the motive. Well, not, not so much the motivation, but I guess the, the ideas haven't come to me so easily as they did with that writing this album. I feel like I was just really focused on how this one was going to be released and us playing the 
launch and then maybe my mind can finally get back to, all right, let's write some new music. We've definitely got some songs probably from two years ago that, um, yeah. you know, that we, that we, that we're probably, probably looking at revisiting and maybe changing a little bit. Um, yeah, for sure. But, for yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's so great to hear that too. I mean, it, it's great to see that there's like an overabundance of material and you're able to like choose the best material you did for this album and, you know, just like not throwing away any riffs or songs or ideas just because they don't fit at this particular time period, but they can work in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think definitely it's sort of another thing because like I mean if you, if, you, if if it's a song that you've written like two or three years ago you know like things things and I guess things in music can change over that period like people's yeah, tastes can change as well. Writing, things yeah. within yeah. your own writing style, so you might yeah. we might look at those things that we wrote two or three years and go ah uh, tweak it just a bit and you know, improve on it. Yeah, even just the repetition of playing the songs over and over again, like already the versions that we do in practice have like different flourishes to what we recorded for the album yeah um and like different vocal patterns in parts and stuff just because we've played them so many times and played around with them a little bit more and yeah it's really cool oh I, yeah absolutely i mean that creative process can be uh, so much fun to be able to experiment with and when you have songs like that and you might bring them back in the future there's so many great things that can come from that and you know it's just it's it's great to see you know not just audibly what's going on with the band but also visually as well too i think the album covers such a, a great representation of the album too i mean it's it's got that great morbid feel behind it but it feels so natural for the album as well yeah i really i love the album art for this one um we just took photos at um for the filming of the music video when we set up and um just yeah it just turned out really really well which is the benefit of filming a music video for the title track i guess <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. And, you know, thinking of that as well, too, I mean, it's such a, a fun music video to be able to to watch. I mean, what was it like to be able to record that uh, again, you know, again, like after COVID, after everything, not knowing what's going to be happening with the world? I mean, what was it like to be able to start recording a music video like that? It was um, um, it being, was being sweaty in a shed. It was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it was so much because we were in a shed and it was a hot like we were playing in a shed and then like that night I got home and I was so exhausted like a little bit of heat stroke and realized that it had actually been a super hot day yeah and I don't think like after three showers I couldn't get the smell of that all the, <laughs> the jars of grossness fermenting in the shed because <laughs> that that um we that got pushed back about two months and I had the um jars fermenting and stuff ready for about two weeks prior to the original film date so yeah. by the time we got to filming that those jars of um, stuff had been brewing and festering for like two or three months in the Australian yeah. summer <laughs> yeah oh, so it was all the jars were full of Basically, kombucha to get yeah. that like bubbling yellow Yellow brown color and stuff. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If um, yeah, if you brew kombucha, before, you know that really intense vinegar smell. <laughs> the the day also before, a lot of dust. Um, the day before, I had to drop like some stuff off to Ryan's, and he was like, "Oh, I haven't opened the the shed in like two weeks." And I just remember we opened it, and it was like a punch to the face. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was well, I'm I'm glad to see that uh, the authenticity was uh, was absolutely there. I mean, especially when you have an album cycle like this, when you have a when you have an album title like this, and you have a song like this, you you know, it's just like it's it's great to see that the music 
music video really does have that authenticity behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, did you eat the, you actually did eat that chunk that was on the wall, didn't you, Spy? Like just no. No, you just chewed that on it. that one was covered in alcohol. Uh, um, I don't think I actually ate any of it, but you can eat kombucha scoby. It's just, it's quite rubbery. But um, because all of it that we were working with had been like tossed around a lot and covered in fake blood and stuff, and especially the stuff on the wall, um, because before we did it, Steph, our makeup artist and Josh's wife was um, like, she wiped the wall down with alcohol so that I wouldn't die. And <laughs> it's it was the most awful taste, just like 100% alcohol. It was so foul. <laughs> I like how that's the gross part, the 100% alcohol. <laughs> not, the, not the best three little scoby stuck to the wall like chewing gum. It was the alcohol. Oh, that, that's so great. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, again, you know, it's just like a, seeing this whole album cycle and everything that's been going on with it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see like a, the, the, the rise of popularity in the band that I've seen happen i mean uh being able to check everything out and see how far all of you have come with this uh the great reception that i've seen for the album too and i can only imagine you know again you know i keep going back to the COVID thing but it, it is so prominent i mean like uh you know just being able to get back into uh writing the songs recording the songs and of course playing live i mean getting back on the stage for the first time has to be such a great feeling yeah really, really. Um, we did a little sort of show earlier in the year that was mainly playing uh, most of our older stuff still and we were a bit rusty mm-hmm. so so I guess that was a bit of a warm up to oh this is how gigging feels again. We've and had just two lockdown ended. I think the was it the venue where we're actually doing it tonight that put out yeah. going, oh good like we we've got a spot like does anyone want to yeah. do it and I think we had like one we had a chance to have like one practice beforehand. I think we could only find one other band to do it with us because all the other bands are just like oh we haven't had a chance to practice like either have we. <laughs> we didn't even find them. We we were asking everyone like I was asking friends that are noise musicians and people that are like solo acts and like anyone that I could think of and everyone was just like I haven't practiced which just like is such a testament of like how worn down by all of the lockdowns everyone is because even the people that are just solo artists were like I don't I'm not ready to do a gig because everyone's just been depressed in their house yeah I can only imagine what that's like I mean with COVID with the the state of the world that we live in with everything that just goes on in life in general I mean I can totally understand like uh, the the depression that comes from that and but I'm, I'm I'm glad to see that you are able to represent this album in that live way. And of course, everything that'll be coming up in the future sh- as well when it comes into uh, set lists and being able to promote this album in a great way. I mean, obviously for a couple of years, bands weren't even able to uh, promote their album that they had to release mm. during those times. But I'm glad to see that this is getting that proper representation. We definitely yeah. sat on it for a while so that we could wait until we'd actually be able to play a gig and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we had, uh, we enlisted some help with this one as well because we really wanted to, to go a lot further than the first album, not only because our sound was so much improved but yeah we just wanted to get more worldwide notice i guess so we took on a, a pr team to sort of help us get more noticed and it really paid off which we're really happy with oh absolutely i mean that's that's how i discovered you was from your pr and i was able to uh check out the new album and i loved it i went back and checked out the debut and i loved what was going on there too and uh like, like i was talking about before before everyone joined in it's like i loved seeing the progression of the band and just seeing 
uh, just the, again, just like the sound that you're going for, but be, not being afraid of being able to show all these different sides, uh, the lyrical content. I love what's going on there. And of course, uh, when you show things off, like in the music videos and the, the hell that you put yourselves through and the showers upon showers <laughs> to be able to get rid of that smell, I imagine. <laughs> but, and of course, with the live shows that are going to be uh, coming up uh, tonight for you and, uh, you know, everything else that's going to be coming up in the future, just seeing like the rise of everything that's going on just making the band more professional getting that worldwide reach i mean it's it's great to see and the music and obviously the the musicians behind the band deserve it oh, thank you appreciate that oh not a problem so again like uh, you mentioned that uh, tonight you do have a album release show to be able to uh, promote the album but uh, what's going to be going on after this show we're looking at a few shows around our own country just a few of the popular uh, popular um, states uh, beyond that uh, maybe a little bit of writing will start happening again soon. We'd love to take the music outside of Australia, but at the moment that's a, it's a bit of a struggle. Um, but we are hoping one day we can head over, even over to the US one day. Oh, that that would be yeah, so cool. Awesome. I mean, uh, living over here in in the US, I would love to be able to see what this band has to offer in that live setting because I, with how good the album sounds, I know it's going to sound better in that live setting once all the once all the rust comes off and you know just becoming that well-oiled machine again it's just like i just imagine it's gonna be a brutal show after australia our next met like most band of listeners on spotify is america as well which surprised yeah. me a bit. Uh, yes it is and like uh, uh, seeing the the view charts that's going on with it as well too i mean it's it's great to see that worldwide appeal that's going on and you know it's just like good music comes from anywhere and i love being able to promote good music like this and you know it's just like it, it you know seeing the band take that next approach and hiring pr and stuff like that like i might have missed you completely if it if it wasn't for that and i love discovering new music to me and uh knowing that the album was out already i was really able to sit down and just really appreciate every single song and hearing it in the album order and just like hearing all the nuances and yeah i mean i just i i love that you took that next step because i might have never discovered you had you not taken that next step yeah we're really glad that we did as well because uh, as you say that's how you found it and we've had a few other people reach out from around the world for different interviews and just chats and things as well which has been really awesome yeah oh yeah it's oh, been awesome. really cool yeah and, and you know again it's just like i'm so happy to see that too because like uh even since the album release i've just been noticing this growth in the band and uh, even now like i'm constantly seeing comments uh from all over social media uh checking out the video checking out uh, the social media pages and just really loving what you do and i'm one of them as well too just being able to really appreciate what's going on here and i'm so excited to see what's going to be happening in the future as well too because if this is where you are for album two i'm very excited to see what the next release will have in store when that eventually happens no pressure josh <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure we'll come up with something equally if not even better sounding hopefully yeah, that's there's, what i like to hear there's some stuff to work on so i mean there's yeah. a start so mm. Yeah, it's not like we're going from scratch. Yeah, we've definitely learned a lot with writing this one that we can definitely take on. So much, like last time as well. Yeah, and even like, um, because Chris recorded our first album as well, and it feels like not only each of us individually as musicians and together as a band have all grown so much since our first album, but also so is Chris as a like recording engineer 
So we all, like everybody that worked on the album just had yeah. so much more to bring to the table and it was really awesome, like huge team effort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely sounds like it as well too. I mean, uh, as as much as I do enjoy the debut, I love what's going on with the new album as well too. And just like again, just like every everyone's growing, everyone's getting better. Uh, the production sounds so cool, and it just it sounds perfect for what you're going for. And yeah, I mean, just again, like uh, you guys are taking the steps that you need to take to be able to continue continuing pushing forward, and that that's just got me excited because i mean you're you're already being able to show off some great musicianship and, and songwriting and i only imagine that getting stronger and stronger we definitely uh, hope so yeah <laughs> oh awesome well i i want to thank all of you for uh being here and uh being able to uh do this interview it was a great time being able to get to know the band more getting to know more of the insights uh i absolutely wish you luck with the album release show that's coming up tonight for you uh obviously being on the other side of the world i can't make it but i just imagine it's going to be a great time being able to be there and uh it's just been a fun time being able to talk to all of you and i thank you very much for taking the time no thank you thank uh, we, we appreciate the interview it's been great uh, yeah. before we before we wrap up is there anything else you'd like to mention that i hadn't brought up yet i've got nothing anyone else <laughs> i think we all just woke up and haven't really had enough caffeine to... <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to fix that <laughs> We're all in pre-geek nervous as well. Yeah, I'm just rushing oh. around, getting getting the last few things oh. ready. I'm like, oh yeah, I've got to go buy this and this. Thing. I guess I'm just keen for a coffee and, and a feed, and yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can totally imagine. Well, again, I appreciate all of you taking the time to be able to do this. It was great to be able to get to know the band a little bit more, and of course. Uh, the, the brand new album is available now. Uh, I love what's going on with this, with Dissected and Fermented. Uh, uh, good luck with the show tonight. Uh, it looks like a, a really cool bill. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what will come in the future when it comes to more shows, new releases, all that stuff. You know, obviously years down the road when it comes to new material and stuff, but be proud of this album that you've made because it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome back to the Heavy briefings podcast you just got done here my interview with the entire band known as scaphis whose brand new album dissected and fermented is available now directly through the band so go make sure and pick up this album some damn good heavy metal for you so to keep the good stuff rolling here before we get into some heavy stuff with my mental state yes some stuff has happened to make things pretty rough unfortunately, but there's been some stuff to talk about in entertainment-wise, at least in my world of entertainment. We're gonna start that off with a movie I just got done seeing on Thursday in Emacs, which is Imagine Theater's version of IMAX. The difference is, no difference, it's just a branding thing. It's shot exactly the same way, same size screen, all that stuff. Just a branding thing. But I saw the brand new film from Jordan Peele known as Nope. This is Jordan Peele's third directorial... <laughs> Sorry. Jordan Peele's third directing role of a movie and three horror movies in a row when it comes to that. Get Out is a modern horror classic. Us is a very underrated horror movie now. I never see anyone talk about it enough. At the time, people were saying it wasn't as good as Get Out, but I think it holds up just as good. 
There was also Candyman that came out a year or two ago now. I'm totally blanking out on when that was, but he was more on the producer side of that, but you could feel his presence in it for damn sure. And now, Nope, which almost kinda gets spoiled by the second full trailer that they released, but if you actually watch the film, it doesn't really spoil anything. You think you know what's going on, but just like the real world, you think you know, but you have no idea. I'm not gonna ruin it here. I don't want to give anything away. I will just say that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, actually, I should give, like, one little aspect of it away. I, there, there's a central theme that goes along in the begin, all the way in the beginning. Like, all of his movies start off with a very prominent quote. And the quote that was used for Nope, which I'm not going to say, was very important to what the movie entails. And there's so many aspects of it that can deal with animals. And you see that on display in this movie about how we treat animals. And it's one thing that I never really talk about. It's, it's something that I do care about, but I, I care about it more in private for some reason is how I feel about how we treat animals and why we need to stop having circuses with animals. We need to stop using animals for zoos that don't have enough room for animals to live their full lives. There's a local zoo by me that I know they try, but I went there several years ago and I almost started crying just seeing the way they looked and it it just tore my heart out seeing them go through all of that. But yeah, uh, zoos, if we're gonna have zoos, they should be treated as if they have like the full array of being able to live their full lives and not be sheltered and caged in. So in a way, we shouldn't even have zoos is the point I'm trying to make. There is also, you know, like uh, using animals for TV shows and movies. And even though it's it's done here, it, it, it kind of lets you know that it shouldn't. Again, I don't want to give anything away, but that, I mean, that's a little thing that goes into it, but there's a grand old scheme that goes on behind the whole thing that's much bigger than what I'm talking about here. But I did just want to say I do appreciate the fact that Nope did touch on this because it is something that I've felt very passionate about in private about the way that we treat animals and I think it shows the dark side of what happens when animals get to a certain point and I'll let you watch it and make up your own mind if you go and check it out I think you should if you are into the horror slash sci-fi aspect if you're into that, highly recommend it. Now, as far as games, there's been two games I've been playing lately. I've been going back and forth in between them. One I need to finish up because I know I'm almost at the end, and the other one has been the palate cleanse, no pun intended, that I've needed for a long time. Uh, the first one is the indie game known as Stray, which is available for free if you have the uh, PlayStation Plus Extra tier, which I believe is where you get to download PS4 and PS5 games. I'm trying to remember that. I think Premium is the one that has PlayStation 1 and 2, and then Essential is the one that comes with the two free games every month. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, sorry, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. Don't like to write notes. That's just the way I am. But Stray, it's, it's a very fun game. You play as a stray cat, 
And instead of being this open world adventure a lot of people thought it was, it's a bit more linear, it's a bit more problem solving, a lot of puzzles. It's almost kind of like a click and point adventure almost with like some of the missions that you have to do, but you have complete full range of what you can do. It, it, it's so cute with what you can do. I mean, there's a designated meow button on the PlayStation, it's circle, which I just think is fantastic. But you can also claw at walls and carpets and sharpen your claws. You you can run, you can walk, you can jump high, you can jump down, you can rub up against people's legs. It, th there's other stuff too. I don't want to give the story away because there's a little bit of convoluted stuff that's going on with it and I'm not done with the game so maybe more of it gets explained at the very end. But I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the game and if I didn't already have the PlayStation Plus, I would have bought this game. And who knows, maybe... When the physical edition comes out, maybe I will go pick it up because it's worth it. It's a fun game. It's not the open world cat adventure people thought it was going to be, but it doesn't need to be. It's just a fun game. And now, the other game, which I'm playing on Xbox, because it is free on there, and I did make a pun about it, so if you did catch on and you know the game, you already know what I'm going to be talking about. But it is, of course, Power Wash Simulator. I've never been big on the simulator games. I've played, like, Goat Simulator before because I was free on PlayStation for a month. But, I don't know, it just... it. Some of the games that they have, like the Bus Driving Simulator, Train Simulator, Surgeon Simulator, you know... The, obviously, it's different companies and stuff like that doing some of these games. I get that. But it just always seemed to me like it was very mundane and not something that'd be up my alley. But I decided to get a little bit out of my comfort zone and just actually play it because I've seen so many people talk about this game. And then once I actually played it, I realized how cathartic it was. What is the game? It's exactly what you th it sounds like. It's Power Wash Simulator. You have a Power Wash gun. You can add soap if you want to. You can add different nozzles and extensions, but you have that Power Wash water gun and you clean things. You clean buildings, you clean cars, you clean sidewalks, you clean driveways, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger, or it gets more intricate and intricate, depending on what direction things go into. You can buy better equipment as things go along, you make money, all that stuff. It's a very simple game. You just wash things. And it puts me in a sense of peace that I didn't know could really come from a game. I mean, games are always been intriguing to me. It's always been fun. It's always been an escape for me. But with Power Wash Simulator, it's just like, I can relax. I don't have to think too hard. I just play, and everything seems to go away, which I did not realize was possible. But it makes me very happy that it is possible because I experience it. And right after I'm done making the show here, I'm going to be experiencing it once again. And I love it for that. I think it's so much fun. And I can't get enough of it. I know I'm kind of getting near the end of it, but there's nothing saying I can't go back. That's true of any game, I suppose. But it's just, all my problems seem to go away when I'm playing this. And maybe it's just from a different experience that I'm used to. And maybe all of those feelings will start to come back from the dark side because I'm already experiencing those, which I'll talk about later. But with Power Wash Simulator, it's just a relaxing trip. If you don't want to think too hard, 
if you want to have like a set mission of what you're supposed to do and you just want to find something that's just like really peaceful, no voiceover, you just wash things with a power washer, I highly recommend checking this out. And if you have Game Pass, you have no excuse not to check it out because it's free. And this is the only simulator game I've ever said this about. So that's got to mean something to somebody. But yeah, check out Power Wash Simulator. Now, gotta talk about some wrestling news here, which I've talked about on my personal social media that I stopped talking about wrestling openly for the most part because it just stopped being fun to coerce with the community. The community sucks ass. It really does. Every opinion that you have on wrestling is wrong, and people are not afraid to let you know this. And if that sounds like, hey, you could say that about any community, well, there's your problem. Wrestling is meant to be an escape for me. Like, gaming is an escape for me at night, but, you know, wrestling is that escape that I get, like, once or twice a week with what I choose to watch. So, it's like, I don't want to, like, weekly review it. I don't want to go, like, in-depth. I don't want to make any content really based on it outside of, like, doing something like this. It's just something I enjoy. It's my... It's my hobby that I like to keep to myself. And being in the community has made me want to keep it to myself even more. But, no matter if you currently watch, or you've watched in the past, or you watched it as a kid like I did, the breaking news that Vince McMahon has retired from the WWE in something I never thought I would live to see. At 77 years old, due to all of the scandals that has come out about Vince McMahon, now, and all of the scandals that we are sure to hear about soon, Vince McMahon is gone. Taking his place is Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan sharing duties. Triple H is back to being an executive vice president. At least as of right now, creative control is with Bruce Prichard. Of course, back in my day, brother love. I love you. Yes, I am that old. Gonna be 34 soon. But Vince McMahon is responsible for some of the best some of the absolute best, and some of the absolute worst moments in wrestling, both in and out of the ring. When you think about professional wrestling, he is the guy you think of if it's not Hulk Hogan. Or I suppose maybe The Rock or John Cena, depending on your generation. But Vince McMahon is like the evil overlord of all of it, and he's gone now. And that leaves a lot of questions, like, is wrestling going to be enjoyable now in the WWE realm? Am I going to watch Raw? Later today? Well, I don't think I will, but if I start hearing that the product's actually getting better, I might start watching again because he is the one that was responsible for why wrestling really turned to crap for so long before AEW came around and just gave you a different option. And I'm not saying AEW doesn't have problems, I'm going to be talking about that in a minute, but WWE is just full of racism and sexism and misogyny and stereotypes and all of these horrible, horrible things that I can only hope with this news is going to go away now. I would be so happy if WWE becomes a better product because Vince McMahon is gone. And as I've said, like I specifically even gave a tweet that no one saw, but I'll say it here too. Vince McMahon, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. And now I gotta talk about AEW slash Ring of Honor. Because... A couple things have happened between both, involving two people who were a part of both, but are now not. Last night, or, well, 
in three minutes, it's going to be Monday in my time zone. But considering my sleep schedule, it was last night, was Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor, which I thought was a fantastic pay-per-view from start to finish. I mean, there was a couple bumps in the road. Won't bore you with details, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was great to see Ring of Honor getting some praise, becoming bigger than it's been in a very long time. Possibly even bigger than it's ever been. But a couple things came out today that I don't know how to feel about yet because not all the details are available as of me recording this. First is legendary manager and wrestler Tully Blanchard, of course of the Four Horsemen fame, if you are old enough. Otherwise, you might know him as FTR's manager, or he just started Tully Blanchard Industries in Ring of Honor, which had Jonathan Grisham, who I'm just about to start talking about, Brian Cage, and... Oh, I feel bad about this. Uh, something of Agony. It's not Life of Agony, which that would have been funny. Uh, something of Agony. I apologize for getting that wrong. But apparently he no-showed the show on Saturday night and promptly got fired. Apparently there was no phone call. There was, like, nothing. He just decided not to show up. There's a few rumors as to why, but nothing concrete in evidence as of right now. And along with that, a newly formed member of the Tully Blanchard Industries, which uh, in story mode has been changed to Prince Nene's, a uh, new stable. But Jonathan Grisham apparently had a gigantic fight with AEW and Ring of Honor uh, spearheader known as Tony Khan. Jonathan Grisham was a huge part of Ring of Honor before it got bought out because it was on the verge of bankruptcy. But he had one vision of what he wanted to see Ring of Honor go to. Tony Khan had another. And apparently started yelling and screaming at his boss and requested his release after what might be his final match in professional wrestling, in which he lost the Ring of Honor title because who couldn't see that coming after all of that stuff happening? And it just, again, rumors are still floating around, but don't know everything that's been going on. But it does leave you with a bit of worry about, like, why is all this stuff happening? Are people just becoming crappier? Is Tony Khan not the guy that we think he is? Is wrestling just starting to show its true self again? I don't know. All I know is it's heartbreaking to see because I do love the product so much of Ring of Honor and AEW. And I don't want to see anything get tarnished from backstage politics like it did with WWE. Then again, the actual product got ruined in WWE as well. But that's a whole different other take. But yeah, just it's been a wild, wacky world of wrestling over the last few days if you are a wrestling fan. And even if you're not... This might intrigue you to start watching, or it might intrigue you to stay away. But that's the entertainment that's been going on in my world. And leaving it on that note leads perfectly into how I'm doing with my mental state as of right now. Even though it's instantaneous for you, I had to take a break there because I talked for a bit of time without really taking a break. And I realized that this show is a little bit longer than it's been lately just because of all the stuff I'm catching up on and because... Well, there's been some other stuff that's been going on in my life. With that in mind, obviously I've talked about my dad 
who passed away back December 6th, 2021, and I found out last week, a week ago today, that my dad's finally gonna be having his memorial service. August 27th, a week after my birthday, a day that I may or may not be enjoying my first concert in three years, seeing a friend of mine that I've never actually met in person, but we talk all the time because he's coming up here for the show. There's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. And I didn't find out about my dad's funeral because I got a call from my mom or I got a call from my sisters or from my mother-in-law. I found it online. There was a Facebook event page for it. I really don't know what else to say. I have thoughts, but just, it's my dad. And I couldn't even get common courtesy that, first of all, my dad had a, a, his Harley Davidson bike club had a memorial thing for him back earlier this month, which again, I was never told about, saw it online. And now with my dad's memorial service, can't really call it a funeral because one, I don't know what's going on with the body. He could have been cremated. He could be in some refrigerator. I have no idea what's going on. I'm not getting told. I even reached out to my mother-in-law who refuses to answer my calls or texts. And I just came across it online that my dad's memorial service is the same day that I might be going to that show. And it just hurts me so much that I couldn't be told. It hurts me so much that it's a day that I might have been able to have some joy. And it instantly got taken away from me. It hurts so much because I'm meeting a friend of mine that has been a a huge, great friend of mine online for so many years now. And I'm going to have this on the back of my mind. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Should I show up there? Should I go? Will I be allowed there? Am I banned from there? Am I going to get any sense of closure? <laughs> Am I going to see anyone there that I want to see? Is it worth it to not go see Rammstein? Is it worth it to do this while I have a friend of mine coming from a different friggin' time zone to hang out with me and go see this show and just say, hey, my dad's funeral just happened to pop out of nowhere nine months after he died? I don't know what to do. And it's been tearing me apart. And it's filled me with a lot of dark senses. And just when I thought I was starting to get a little bit better, I can't remember the last time I've ever actually been, like, okay. I think I've had days where I've been okay, but it's never been a, a thing that lasts. I always seems to fall back under the waves of depression. And when you have, like, major depression and suicidal depression, that's just going to keep happening. You know, for some people, they're able to get over it. For some of them, they're going to have to struggle for the rest of their lives. For some of them, it never goes away. And that's why some bad things can happen. I'm not condoning that. But to say that I'm not fighting with the idea of it, I'd be lying. Because it, it hurts me so, so much. I mean, even when my brother died, I got phone calls from everybody. But now that my dad died... And he's getting a funeral. No one, no one tells me a thing. Which, maybe that's for the best. Maybe it's gonna hurt me more, I just don't know. But that's where my state is right now. And it only got a little bit better slash worse as I woke up this morning. And I saw a picture of my nephew, who I have not seen in person since he was eight years old. The day of July 4th, 2009, when my family broke apart for good. For good, for good. Like, all the skeletons came out of the closet, and in 2019, things got reaffirmed. But he was eight years old last time I saw him. Now, thanks to his birthday, he's 22. He's 22 years old. 
He's dealing with cystic fibrosis, but thankfully, ever since he was born, he has gotten some fantastic care from the University of Minnesota and other things to help him be like one of the leading kids to deal with cystic fibrosis and getting to try things before other kids get to when it comes to the disease. If you're not familiar with cystic fibrosis, uh, the simplest, but not the fullest, Description of it is is when you have too much mucus in your system. It can build up in your lungs. It can build up in your throat It can build up in other parts of your body and you can't get it out because the mucus is just so so thick so solid and it hardens and it can't get out of your system. So you got to do a bunch of things to be able to try to break that up and try to get it out. And before he was born, like the normal life expectancy of someone who has cystic fibrosis was about like 30 to 40 years old. That's still in the back of my mind. I don't know if he's going to be able to have a full life, but he's 22. That means he's like eight years from where the life expectancy starts to end. And that scares the hell out of me. And he really takes after me because, well, his mother, my half-sister, is a damaging woman. And with all the problems that she caused, with all the problems that happened in their own part of the family, he tried committing suicide himself a few times when he was a teenager. Last time I ever talked to him, we had a little bit of a discussion on Facebook Messenger about that. And I hate that we have that in common. One of my oldest niece also has that in common, where she has tried a couple times. It apparently runs in the family if you're part of my... Mom's side of the family, uh, apparently suicide attempts are a thing. But I saw a picture, like, he's friggin' tall now. Like, I always known him to be, like, a little shorty. But then again, he was, like, eight years old, but he was, like, under height for eight years old, taken after his mom. Now he's friggin' huge. He's built. He's got, he's all tatted up. He looks like that tribal chief that his dad was a part of. Like, he looks like a badass now, and uh, he lives out in Colorado now. He has a girlfriend. He seems to be living his life to the friggin' fullest, which makes me so happy to see. But it also, again, tears me apart inside because, well, he's a full-fledged adult now. He he's living his own life. And from what I've seen, I mean, he really has been able to escape my family. He found a way to do it. I never was able to until they started dropping off like flies. And I mean, considering my sisters are out of my life completely, the last person really involved in the trifecta of trauma that um, caused me to become the suicidally depressed man talking on this microphone. The only one left is my mom. And I saw a picture of her on Facebook a few weeks ago, and she looks like utter death. Now, I think it's 100% because she doesn't know how to use technology, and she just picked a wrong picture. You know, it's like when, you know, you take pictures from your phone, and, you know, it's like, oh, that's an ugly one, that's an ugly one, that's an ugly one. She just went with one of those without really seeing it, and she looks like a corpse. And I don't like saying that, but she looks like a corpse. Well, that's the last I know about my mom as well, but when it comes to my nephew, my only nephew, I'm I'm so proud of him for being able to escape, escape our family. He's got his own life now. I know he's dealing with struggles, obviously, physically and mentally, but just from what I've seen, he seems to be in a much better state than I know I was when I was 22, and I couldn't be happier for him. 
it also makes me sad again like the realization it's like well what if he does die in the next decade what if something happens to him because of the cystic fibrosis what if something happens with our family and something tears him down like it has me there's a lot of what ifs but right now just seeing him happy makes me happy it makes me sad that i still can't get my stuff together but i'm trying that's all you can do even though i'm really in the thick of a dark wave of depression and trying not to go with a solution that'll permanently end things i'm doing what i can to just keep going i mean i got some exciting stuff coming up soon i got my birthday coming up potentially that romstein show potentially well not potentially but coming up next tuesday will be the 11th anniversary of when i started that drummer guy with and my very first radio broadcast and i got a little something i want to try out i'm going to post about it on social media if anything comes of it, fantastic. If it doesn't, it won't. I'm not going to bring it up here on the show because I don't want to make any promises that might not live up. But I'll throw it out there after the show comes out here. And obviously you're checking it out. So hopefully by the time that you check it out, maybe there will be some news about it. We'll see what happens. But if you'd like to participate, just look for the vague talking that I'm doing right now in full detail on the Heavy Debriefing social media. But since I did do a lot of talk, and this is the longest show I've done in quite a bit of time, being able to catch up on things, talking a bit slower because I feel so defeated, I'm going to take a little bit of a break, but it's going to be instantaneous for you. We're going to come back strong, talking about episode 18 soundtrack for July 25th, 2022. See you in a sec. And welcome back to the Heavy Debriefings podcast. We're now near the end of the show, so it's time to talk about... The episode 18 soundtrack for July 25th, 2022. If you want to check out this playlist, please go over to Spotify. Check out my name, Josh Runquist. That is R-U-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. And you'll see it right there. Episode 18 soundtrack 7-25-2022. Let's get into the songs. Starting it off is Scaphis with the song that we talk about the most in the interview because they did a full-on single for this and a fantastic music video for the title track dissected and fermented then because i talked about nope even though i'm not going to be playing the original artist or what they did with the original artist in the movie i will be doing a cover from the band arsis off the album unwelcome their cover of Corey hart's sunglasses at night then in one of the most polarizing bands that I've seen, I love them, I get why people hate them, the band Imperial Triumphant. If you like your experimental jazz noise blackened metal with a little bit of Kenny G in there, and I'm not exaggerating, Kenny G shows up in this particular song off the album Spirit of Ecstasy with the song Mercurius Gilded. Then, some new music that I didn't even know came out. Uh, some new music from the band Panzerfrost. And with the new song known as The Far Bank at the River Styx. Then we got the new single from Fallujah, which seems to be welcoming back my era of Fallujah. Which would be fantastic if they continued to go on this route. I'm loving the new single. Can't wait to check out the new album. But the new single is, of course, Embrace Oblivion. Then up next, we got 
a new single from Soilwork, who's releasing their new album, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce right now. It's coming out on my birthday, August 19th. And holy shit, they released a song that I can actually pronounce. Yeah, it's brand new Soilwork with the song Dreams of Nowhere. Then we got some more Melodeath from the band Moonshade. And with a brand new single, Artemis. Then we get into the blackened, black and roll of the band Witchery. And off their new album, Nightshade, with the song known as Witching Hour. Then we get into the power metal territory with the band Hammer King. And with a brand new single, Invisible King. And once you know it, their brand new album is also coming out on my birthday. Friday, August 19th is having a lot of great albums coming out. Very happy about that. And then finally, we're doing another polarizing album that I love immensely and I think is flawless. But it is the band changing into a state that a lot of longtime fans did not want to see happen. To me, let that creativity fly. Off the new album Starlight Nash, closing out the soundtrack for the show this week, got Oceans of Slumber with The Hanging Tree. And that is the soundtrack for episode 18 of the Heavy Debriefings podcast. July 25th, 2022. And again, if you want to check that out, head over to Spotify. Search my name, Josh Runquist, J-O-S-H, space, R-U-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. And you can check out the soundtrack in all its goodness. Or if you really, really don't want to promote Spotify... Just look up the bands, look up the songs, and choose your chosen platform. I'm good with it either way. You don't have to check out the playlist that I made. Just check out the songs and the bands. That's all I need. And once again, I do want to bring this up. That next week will be my 11th anniversary. Normally, I would say it's the 11th anniversary of that German guy, but of course, it is the Heavy Debriefings podcast now. So... Don't have to worry so much about that, but it will be still 11 years of when I started radio, so I'm still counting it. That will be the official birthday for Heavy Debriefings, even though I started that back up in January of this year. I just think August 2nd is the most appropriate thing, because I'm still the same guy. It's just a name change. It's all good in the neighborhood, just like Applebee's. But just in case there isn't a show next week, I hope there is. I hope there is, and I'm going to try to make a show. But just in case, I don't. I just want to thank you so much for sticking around, whether you've been around since episode one of the show, of That Drummer Guy, that very night of August 2nd, 2011, whether you checked out the very first show of the Heavy Debriefings podcast back in January, somewhere in between, or if this is your very first show. I thank you so much for sticking around. I truly appreciate it. Everything that everyone has done to give me moral support to keep going. Of course, I'm going through dark times right now, but seeing that people love what I do and want me to keep at it just gives me that spirit to keep going, so I can't thank you enough. And again, in vague terms, because I don't want to make any promises here, go over to my social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, 
with the name Heavy Debriefings, except for Twitter, which is Heavy Debriefs. And I'm so frigging glad that Elon Musk is not buying Twitter. He was never going to. I just wanted nothing to do with it. That's... I don't support bullies. But yeah, check me out on social media. Check out thatdrummerguy.com for all near 830 interviews so far. If you would like to check out just the interview that I did with Scaphus in video form, go over to youtube.com slash heavydebriefings and go check that out. That should be available right now. And until the next episode, which I hope is next week, thank you so very much for tuning in. This is the last episode of the 10 years I've started radio, so I thank you again. And this is Josh Runquist saying, see you.